What's up, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn, and thank you so very much for listening to the podcast once again. And we, we've got some, uh, we got a lot to do today. So we are going to do one podcast this week because, I, because I think it would be it would be uh, a, t- a timely enough because we're, we're, so it's going to be like a it's like a two for one type of episode here because we're going to be. Um, we're going to be decide um, making our picks against the spread for Week 14 in the NFL uh, in in the se- in the second half of of the the podcast today and preview the things from uh, the the games that I'm most interested in seeing in 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 these games. So, but, but there is so much going on in in the world of sports right now. Um, in, including the controversy surrounding the college football playoff, my thoughts on the in-season tournament, who I think is in the NBA, um, some of the things that a couple of things I saw from Week 13 in the NFL that that can we can tie in at the end of the first half to, to preview Week 14 in the NFL. And then, of course, I'm going to tell you why I think Jaden Daniels is going to be uh, is going to win the Heisman, and why I think. Yeah, he 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 could be uh, he could be a hidden gem in, in the NFL in the NFL draft when you're thinking about uh, about the quarterbacks that can go in the first round of next year's draft. So we'll get into that. But th- th- there is but I'm going to begin with the Major League Baseball hot stove because th- th- there there was a monster trade that went down um uh, uh, that went down last night and and what i believe will be the biggest trade made by any single by any pair of teams this offseason and it's that the new york yankees acquired juan soto from the san diego padres al- alongside Tr- uh, trent grisham um in, in exchange for a package that that, that includes uh, pitchers michael king nelson uh, R- randy vasquez um Let's see, Johnny Brito, um, see, Drew, Drew Thorpe, and, and um, backup catcher Kyle Higashioka, and the Yankees get Juan Soto and Trent Grisham from the, uh, from the Padres uh, in, in the trade. So, I, I, I really think this is a good trade for, a, a good trade for both teams. And I want to start, obviously, with the Yankees, because, let, let, let's face it, the Yankees' offense last year was so anemic, and the, the absence uh, uh, of Aaron Judge uh, for, uh, for um, the, uh, during the time but a little before and a little after the All Star break, and and the and the mishandling of Anthony Rizzo's concussion really exposed a lot of problems with 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 the with the Yankees roster and particularly their their offense because they they were so one dimensional. They they. Uh, we're we're hitting for low average. They 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 couldn't get out of couldn't get out of their own way. So um, the the, uh, the the coach the coaching was was anemic. The uh, the the lack the lack of attitude, the lack of uh, the lack of fundamentals in terms of a hitting perspective. They just weren't there at all last year. So and so it was uh, and, and what is what up to this point had been an off season of turmoil for the Yankees 
with with Brian Ca with Brian Cashman's press conference and uh, and him and him going back and forth with with the reporters uh, in, in in an arrogant style and 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 the Yankees' reluctance to include a, a pitching prospect in, in a in a blockbuster trade and I, I tweeted last week. So, so that that they, they, uh, on the heels of reports that the Yankees were hesitant to include Michael King in a, in a blockbuster trade for, for Juan Soto uh, would have meant that the Yankees organization would uh, would would be unserious about winning. Well, Michael King was part of the package that that, that was sent to the San Diego Padres in exchange uh, if to acquire Juan Soto. And, and let's talk about Juan Soto for a second because. Juan Soto just turned 25 years old um, at, at the end of October, and and he is about to enter the prime of his major league career, and and he and he, and he is um on 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 the fast track to Cooperstown someday with the way uh, he he's he's off uh, and running to to start uh, in in his major league career, and Juan Soto in, in his in his first his six seasons. Uh, as a pro, 284 average, 421 on base percentage, which leads all active major leaguers. Um, uh, 160 homers, 483 RBIs, 779 games. Uh, f uh, f finished uh, top 10 in the MVP voting in in four of the last five years, including the the runner up uh, in 2021 to Bryce Harper of the Phillies. Um, uh, 640 walks, 577 strikeouts, 946 OPS, 157 OPS plus, meaning that his uh, OPS was 57% better um, adjusted uh, for, for the, for when you look at uh, from a league average perspective. And he's coming off a year where he had 35 homers, drove in 109 runs, and walked, walked a major league high 100, 132 times. And he has just been um, a magnificent and a superstar in every single level. So the Yankees are getting a generational talent in Juan Soto, who was the best player available via trade this offseason. And what the Yankees do, what the Yankees did in acquiring, what the Yankees did in acquiring Soto was address the single biggest weakness. Uh, of the Yankees roster over the last ten years, and that was their inability um, to, uh, to to have a le a legit perennial le left left-handed hitter, so who who could make an impact with with the benefit of the short porch in right field of Yankee Stadium. And I I did crunch some numbers um, ye yesterday, that no knowing that a Soto to the Yankees trade was 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 likely going to was likely going to happen here. So there there so obviously there are thirty teams in Major League Baseball. So 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 I I I crunched the numbers at Stathead, uh, which uh, on BaseballReference.com, and 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 I I look to see how how many times um a qualified hitter. Uh, a qualified left-handed hitter had an OPS plus of 120 or greater um, as left-handed hitter over the last 10 years since the end of the 2013 season, which of which was the last year, which was the year um, that Robinson Cano left 
the Yankees for Seattle in free agency. He signed that ten million a uh, ten year contract with the Mariners. So so, so, so there are um um thirty teams. So the the Dodgers have had twelve such seasons. The Mets had ten such se- ten such seasons. The Yankees have only had two. That was Didi Gregorius in twenty eighteen and Anthony Rizzo in twenty twenty two. Only three teams um, have, have had fewer such seasons over the last decade than the Yankees. Uh, the, the the Pittsburgh Pirates with one. And then the Detroit Tigers and the Toronto Blue Jays each with zero. So, as, so, so get, getting someone of that caliber, so who, who can produce at an exceptionally high level um, that, Juan, that Juan Soto has over his career. And, and bringing him to the Bronx, getting 81 games uh, every year. Um, in the fr- uh, in the in their friendly confines with the shortest board with the shortest right field porch in Major League Baseball, and, and so does um, uh, ability to hit home runs uh, to to that side of the ballpark where so where where in pre- previous times that that he be uh, that that where you'd have hard lineouts or or doubles um, that go off the wall that they, they'll be home runs at at, at at in his in his new home. At Yankee Stadium, so it it, it is uh, it is simply remarkable. Oh, and by the way, Juan Soto's first multi-homer game in, in his major league career came um, as a rookie with the Nationals at Yankee Stadium in 2018. So, um, so he he is cer- certainly trending. Uh, it keeps trending in in that direction. So what what was so what does this trade t- tell me from a Yankees perspective? One is it, that the Yankees uh, um, are, are real, realized that that they needed to make a splash that that they needed to do something dramatic uh, to to change the landscape of the of the American League East to change the landscape of the American League, and that's exactly what uh, so what what happened here. And and and, for, and furthermore, the the Yankees, in in, in giving up all, all, all this all this pitching talent, that that the Yankees are 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 are, are, are banking uh, that that they have enough reinforcements um, at, at the pitching at the with the pitching levels that they have to. Uh, to, to compete in 2024. So what does this mean for, 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 from a starting pitcher perspective? Well, they're giving up Michael King. They're giving up Randy Vasquez. So 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 when you look at the at the Yankees pitch um, roster, they have Carl, Carlos Rodon, who who's coming off the worst season of his career, and Nestor Cortez, who who had a great year in 2022, had a down year. In 2023, so, so so they are banking on bounce back seasons from Carlos Rodon and 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 Nestor Cortez, and 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 also for uh, furthermore that they are also believing, and and I think this is why it makes sense for the Yankees, so that that they're trusting that that they have the bullpen depth, as so that that's made them so so good and and so dominant, for, for, from a reliever level for for so so long because. The Yankee, the Yankees' strength of uh, in a down year last year, um, a year they went eighty-two and eighty. What was was their bullpen, and they had the number one ERA um, in in all of baseball in terms of team bullpen ERA. 
So they they have four, four pitchers currently on the on the roster. Um, who pitched 40 more innings for the Yankees last year, and and they had an ERA under two uh, under three. When you're looking at Clay Holmes, Tommy Canley, Ian Hamilton, Nick Ramirez. And you also and you also have Jonathan Luisica, uh, that that's bag Ron Marinaccio, uh, who 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 was uh, okay last year. So so the Yankees are banking on on, on that, and they're also, uh, but they also believe that they have enough pitching reinforcements, um, in in the mi- in the minor league level to, uh, to to um. To, to to come up and step up when when time is needed, like Will Warren and DeAndre Gomez, two of their top ten prospects, um, who who uh, who are expected to start the season at the AAA level with the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Railriders. So, uh, so the so I thought this was a great trade for the uh, for the Yankees to uh, to to fill some needs. Uh, to fit to fill their biggest need, and that was a a true left uh, a true left-handed menace to. Pair, uh, pair up with Aaron Judge and be in a lineup that 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 includes Giancarlo Stanton, that includes Anthony Rizzo, that includes a former batting champion DJ LeMahieu, although he might be declining there, and Anthony Volpe, who who, um, who uh, is coming off a decent rookie year. So, I it it is a tremendous day to be a Yankees fan. But look. I I think when when the when the when the reports came out that that the Padres were in a bit of a of a financial crisis, I, everybody knew that Juan Soto was going to be headed out of uh, of San Diego, and and, and it sucks, um, uh, from that perspective, for for the Padres because 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 look, the Padres had 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 all the ingredients to go out and win a championship last year with with with, with tremendous high, with tremendous high quality hitting. So with with a, with a deep starting rotation, a strong bullpen, and, and they just could not get out of their own way when it, when it came to winning the games uh, they, uh, that they needed to make to to propel them to the postseason. Because last year they were nine and twenty three. In one-run games, and they were two and twelve in extra inning games. So that means if the Padres were so were average on either one of those, that the the Padres would absolutely be in the playoffs, and they would have made, uh, taken a serious run at the uh, at the Dodgers or or the Philadelphia Phillies, the Atlanta Braves, uh, the teams, uh, two of those teams, the Diamondbacks beat. To get to the World Series, that you're not talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team with a minus run differential, you know, going all the way to the World Series. You, you're, you're probably talking about the Padres, who I picked preseason last year to win the World Series, and and they had the talent to do it. They had, uh, uh they they, they uh, but they got off to, to such an uneven start that that is simply going to be too too much to overcome now. In terms of of what the Padres got back, the Padres got, in all likelihood, the number three. Uh, un- if they don't make any more, uh, if they don't make any more moves to improve the starting pitching, so that they'll they'll have, uh, they'll have the number three starter. They'll have the number four starter. They, they and they also uh, uh, um strengthen their their middle relief core uh, to to include uh, uh, uh 
which is which is better, which is stronger now than it was 24 hours ago. And they also got a backup catcher uh, to to back up Luis Campusano uh, um, in in there as well. So. I I I think it's 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 a I think this was as as well as the Padres could have done under the circumstance. So, so so if you if you're getting uh, the, the the same averages from Michael King and Randy Vasquez in in more in more um more starts and assuming they they're able to stay healthy, the Padres are going to have a legit rotation for next year. And this and this does come. Um, uh, to to replenish uh, what 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 they're what they're going to lose in Blake Snell in in Seth Lugo in 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 Michael Walker in Nick Martinez who uh, who signed um uh, with the Cincinnati Reds in free agency. So I I I I do very much think that that it's it's obviously a a, a massive hole here for for the Padres to fill when you're looking at. At Juan Soto and what, and what he brought to the team last year in terms of getting on base and and in terms of hitting for power, so, so that so that's going to be a work in progress for for um for, for the time being here. So well, what was so I think but but this also tells me um and so it, it, it is that they, they might they might move Fernando Tatis Jr. um to um. Uh, somewhere I think Xander Bogarts, um, obviously still being uh being there and and Manny Machado, all all of those guys I I really like though I I I thought uh, Manny Machado uh w- I w- w- was good but I think he could have been better I think Fernando Tatis Jr. was really strong but I think could have could have been better. So, so I I I think you you looking at a Padres team that I still think think. Uh, can very much be in the mix to make the playoffs next year. Uh, if 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 their pitching is is what I believe they can be, uh, and I think that that's what the Padres are going to be banking on to uh, to be a contender in twenty twenty four. I still I still can't rule out the 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 Padres, even though I think the National League is going to be pretty interesting next year. Uh, when when you're looking at what the when you're looking at the Diamondbacks who 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 added. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez in, in free agent uh, in in free agency uh, last night on a four years probably eighty million dollar contract according to reports. You also think thinking the Dodgers. What if the San Francisco what the what the San Francisco Giants do? Um, and, and then and and then I do think the the NL wild card race is gonna, is going to be fun and exciting because I think you're looking at the Cardinals, the Cubs. Uh, we'll see about Cincinnati. We'll see about uh, we'll see about the Mets. We'll see um, uh, uh, we'll see about the Nationals. I, I think the Nationals are a team that's headed in the right direction. So so I think there's going to be a lot of competition in the National League, but I don't think this is uh, this uh, this is uh, so, so so last night's results were were. It wasn't a totally hopeless night for the Padres last night. So, I I think I think all, all, all things being considered, I think uh, both sides did did pr- pretty well. Um, Shohei Otani is still a free agent. I think uh, I think we we may have a Shohei Otani decision uh, by by next week. We we looked we, we looked at uh, the Dodgers. 
uh, as as a possibility. The the Blue Jays. I still wouldn't rule out the Cubs. I I still uh, wouldn't rule out the San the San Francisco Giants with the, with the with San Francisco being on the West Coast and like Shohei Otani was throughout his career with Anaheim. I still think Anaheim might be a dark horse as well. But I definitely see uh, the the three most likely landing spots with Shohei Otani are the Dodgers, Dodgers number one, Blue Jays number two, and the Cubs at number three. So that 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 that's where I see uh, uh, the the Shohei Otani um, uh, uh, st- stuff going. Um, of all, all all things all things be uh, being considered, um, um, o- over there. So. The the, the, the the those are uh, the, the the things that we we have been we've been looking at, um, if, 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 from a baseball perspective, um, so so let, let, let's see uh, uh, other moves that 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 stood out to me. Victor Carantini goes to the Astros on a two-year contract. Eric Fetty, so who 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 was a below-average pitcher in. Uh, his first stint in the in the majors uh, got got righted in 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 Korea last year. Uh, was was their best pitcher. He comes back to uh to to the ma- um, to the majors and he signs a two year deal with the White Sox. And I think that's a that's a a nice addition for the Chicago White Sox. Nick Martinez and Jaime Candelario and and uh, are are both Cincinnati Reds. A three year contract for Candelario, I think. Uh, I, I I could see why that why the Cincinnati Reds did that. Um, is with there as well. We are also monitoring um uh, uh, the market for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, uh, and uh, where he is going to sign, I st- I think the front runner to, to sign Yamamoto is, is the Mets because I because I think the Mets have incentive. Um, to to, to sign Yamamoto, I also think uh, I don't believe it's good. It's uh, I don't want the Mets fans to pretend that this is the end of the world if if Yamamoto doesn't sign with the Mets because I I think given what given the front office that David David Stearns has put together with with, with the Mets, I think I I think it's it's going to be a, 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 a tremendous asset uh, going forward here because I think you're looking at. A Mets minor league system that's improving, and I and I and I think the Mets get getting pitching pro uh, 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 tr- trying to rebuild their 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 um their pitching situation. I think is something that that that's been on the mind because because the Met, the Mets have um, have one of the best groups of uh, of hitting of uh, position player prospects uh, in the game when you're looking at when you look at what the, what they what they were able to bring in last year and the. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer trades like so like um Drew Gilbert, Ryan Clifford, and Luis Angel Acuna, and also th- thinking of Ronnie Mauricio. So, this is, so so I do think the Mets are, are are headed in the right direction, but but I don't want to, to think that 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 next year is World Series a bust because I do not view the Mets as World Series contenders next year. So and I and I think and I think that's okay. Uh, for, for for next year, but I I, but I think we'll see. So I, I, the how how they improve the farm and, and how they co- collect prospects, particularly pitching prospects, 
uh, on on that regard. So it's it's going to be very interesting next few days for uh, for for Mets fans and Yamamoto because because you know, it, it might come down to the Mets and the Yankees for Yamamoto, but I I but I do think. That that by the time we get to the new year, I do believe Yamamoto will be a New York Met, but I don't. But I don't want uh, this this to be a case where uh, where um, where it's an end all be all that they can they can turn the page, they can work on pitching depth and bullpen depth, which I think uh, which I think the Mets have done pretty well at. All, all, all things considered, uh, looked at all things considered. Um, when they when you bring in a guy like Michael Tonkin who 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 can who can eat up a lot of innings in middle relief, so 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 that that's something to monitor for uh for the Mets. I, I and and there there was controversy of course in the college football playoff um um uh, for the last year of the fourteen committee. Um, so I, I, listen, I thought the committee got it right. Michigan deserved number one. Washington deserved number two. T- Texas beating Bama, who beat Georgia, uh, Bama, the eventual SEC champion, deserved to get in at number three. And then Alabama, of uh, 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 be- beating Georgia in the SEC championship game, uh, and, and just and getting uh, and getting the nod for the number four seed over over Florida State, uh, which but look. I I I think that, uh, the college football playoff was about the four best teams. Uh, was about getting the four best teams in, and 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 what what the college football playoff committee has always been. It's always been about style. Um, because if, because if you look at the first year, the the way Ohio State. What uh, won the Big Twelve championship game in dominant style, and and knowing that they needed style points to get to get into the college football playoff, and, and what did that do? It rolled them to uh, the national championship that that year when they uh, when they smoked Alabama, when they they blew out Oregon in the uh, in the in the playoff. So, so that so that was an easy uh, that was an easy first guess there, and and, and then so so when when it came, when it came to the committee, style always mattered, strength of schedule always mattered, strength of victory always mattered, and Alabama, uh, has uh, has uh, had a very tough schedule. Obviously, the loss at home to Texas was believed to be the thing that was going to hold. Alabama back from the college football playoff this year because it's because I thought they were going to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, but wins wins against Ole Miss, wins win against Tennessee, win against LSU, uh, and then of course winning on the road in Georgia, uh, um, in 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 Atlanta in the SEC championship game. Yeah, I I, I thought they belonged in the postseason. Um, all, 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 all things considered, and 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 how about that that miracle at uh, at the miracle prayer at Jordan Hare, uh, in 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 the Iron Bowl. I don't give a damn about about if it was against a six win Auburn team, uh, but but that was pretty awesome, uh, in every show to the imagination. Now fourth and goal from from the thirty one yard line is going to go down as one of the. Most I one in my opinion was the most iconic play 
uh, of the 2023 college football regular season because of, of how uh, of how impactful that was and and, and why and how uh, and how that left Florida State out of the postseason. But 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 if, if you compare if you compare the contrast uh, uh, the, the the strength of schedule for uh, for um, Alabama and Florida and and uh, uh, Florida State, of course, this sucks. To have an unbeaten Power Five conference champion left out, but uh, but but remember what had the 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 insanity uh, uh, with with the University of Central Florida uh, in 2017 where they where they went 12 and 0 they, they looked dominant people were saying well they were one of the one of the five best teams in the country well what was their strength of schedule it it, it was it was certainly not even close to to, to passing the eye test to the committee and. And 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 the combined winning percentage of Florida State's opponents was says sixty-seven and seventy-six, which which was a, a which was a a winning percentage un, under five hundred. And and I and I and I thought it and look look at at the teams Bama beat, and you look at the teams of Florida State beat. Uh, it certainly didn't compare. And and also a little karma for ACC commissioner Jim Phillips, who who was one of the, one of the commissioners who voted against the expansion of the twelve team uh, of the college football playoff from from eight or twelve teams. So 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 how do you think he's feeling right now? So I I can appreciate the passion for Mike for Mike Norvell afterwards. Uh, saying that we're unbeaten Power Five conference champion. Well, well, maybe maybe you should look at uh, at Jim Phillips, uh, the guy who rejected it, and and and, and as a result, uh, his conference paid the price for it. So, and and what do you think? What do you think about um, Florida State in the in the AC and uh, the ACC next year with the so with with the growth of the pack of the of the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma with the growth of the Big Ten. With Washington and Oregon and USC and and UCLA, Washington in the playoff, Texas in the playoff, Michigan and Bama already in in those in those soon to be expanded conferences in the playoff. So how do you think the ACC is feeling? How do you think the Big uh, How do you think the Big Twelve is feeling? So it it, it is it is going to be uh, a, a, a an unbelievable. Um, a type of playoff. And now, uh, headed into what I'm thinking, with 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 um uh, with with the game with the with the playoff with the playoff games that, themselves, and 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 obviously th- things things stand out when you look at the New Year's Six bowl games. Um, as uh, obviously Florida State and Georgia are in, are are, are in the. Uh, are are in the New Year's Six bowl games and they're they're facing each other in the Orange Bowl, um, um, which is a um, which is a New Year's Six game. So I think Georgia's going going to win that game. It's because Florida State was simply a different team without Jordan Travis and it sucked. Um, so the Cotton Bowl, you got Ohio State and Missouri. I think that I, Missouri deserved a spot. In the new in the New Year Six this year, they 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 were tremendous. Um, that Missouri coming out of the clouds, uh, going go, going from uh, six wins last year to t- ten and two this year, and 
and Elijah Drinkwitz was 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 deservedly so named the SEC Coach of the Year. Um, um, this week, um, the Peach Bowl, you got Ole Miss and Penn State. I think that that's a fun matchup. And then you you have Liberty unbeaten against against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Said so that precedes the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl on on, on the on the the New Year's Six schedule. Uh, on, on New Year's Day, some other intriguing matchups for for the non New Year's Six bowl games. Um, JMU, um, uh, James Madison is is in is going to go bowling for, for for the first time ever. And I and I think it it was it was a case where justice has prevailed. Um, because because I felt that. Um, uh, that the way JMU has been playing, I think the way they've been unbeaten, I think they deserve the spot uh, in, in the New Year's six, uh, in a um, n not necessarily a New Year's Six bowl game, but so but but definitely a bowl game. And just it was it, it, it just their um so their their second season of the two year transition period from FCS to FBS, and I think uh I, I just don't think that's particularly. A, a fair fight, uh, a fair there. So I, I'm happy that there weren't enough six-win teams, not enough bowl-eligible teams under the current system. So, just so so, so James Madison des deserved a spot therein. So I, I'm I'm very very pleased about that. But uh, anyway, uh, 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 ga games that uh, I'm uh, that in intrigue me. Um, uh, you got the Citrus Bowl. You got Tennessee and Iowa. So, so, so a clash of great offense versus incredible defense. So you you got the Sun Bowl between Notre Dame and Oregon State. I think that that's gonna be a, a gonna be a, a fun game. Uh, that'll be on December 29th on CBS. Um, and, and and by the way, how does it feel to be an Oregon State fan, knowing that you don't have uh don't have a legit conference to play in next year? Um, you you got Arizona and Oklahoma and. Uh, play, uh, facing off of the Alamo Bowl, you got NC State and K State going at, going going at it in the Pop Tarts Bowl in Orlando. So I think that that that's going to be fun. Uh, uh, that that's going to be fun and exciting. So, um, yeah, but but those are really the games I'm really looking to uh, to watching um, in in the, in the playoff next year. As so, uh, it's gonna be uh, gonna be uh, an interesting, an interesting last bowl season under the regular format, too, to say the least. Now, a couple of things from the in-season tournament that I've taken away so far. Num number one is is about the Indiana Pacers, and, and and more specifically, how about my guy Tyrese Halliburton, who has just been unreal. Um, uh, as uh, uh, th 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 this season, and and especially uh, in in their um, in their quarterfinal match against the Boston Celtics on on Monday, uh, he was just scintillating. He was tough. He was clutch. Thir thir uh, tw Twenty six points, plus minus a, fi uh, a, a plus fifteen um, on the floor. Um, thir Thirteen assists, ten rebounds, triple double. And and of course, um, he uh, he uh, he was the one that, um, 
uh, that that was able to uh, to uh, to dominate uh, at the end. He's, he's seven points in the fourth quarter, including a couple of clutch threes. Buddy Heald uh, ha has been awesome. Aaron Nesmith has been fun as well. He got eleven points off the bench. So th this is a fun uh, Indiana Pacers team, and uh, and I've I've enjoyed every moment of um, um, of, of of that game and watching the highlights. It, it's just incredible. They're a young team. Rick Carlisle is doing an outstanding job co coach coaching uh, this team, and and th th this is a, a Pacers team that that I'm going to be uh, in, enjoying to watch. They, they they lead the NBA in in points per game at 128.4 per game, which is which is incredible, and also I I also wanted uh, to took away uh, again what Le LeBron James did uh, for for the Lakers, um, in their their core final match against the Phoenix Suns, um, because on Tuesday night, 40, uh, 40 minutes play, thirty one points, twelve of twenty five shooting, eight rebounds, eleven assists. Five steals. Uh, he 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 is just dominating, and he he's playing at such a high level. Uh, at, at the age uh, at at the age of thirty eight in his in his twenty first season in the NBA, he's, he's he still has that magic touch in him. He still has the intelligence. He has the drive. And, and, and as a and as a basketball fan, I'm enjoying every second of it. I don't. I think we we should appreciate more. About what LeBron James has uh, has done during his during his legendary and his and historic career, so so that was awesome. So uh, the the NBA in season tournament comes comes down to to the semifinals. Um, uh, today um, today we got the Indiana Pacers and the Milwaukee Bucks in the East. The Pacers beat Boston, as I mentioned. Then the Bucks stormed past the Knicks uh, on uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, and, and they they made the the number one defense in the NBA a look more like JV uh, with with what Giannis did, what Damian Lillard did, and and Beasley and Middleton said so that they 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 were so dominant um, so that you couldn't get enough of them. And and of course, I did pick Milwaukee preseason to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals, and, and now I think their experience. In the in-season tournament, my my it's gonna help them and 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 be a building block for what they want to do. And then then you got the Pelicans and the Lakers. The Pelicans were able to uh to uh, to uh, take down the Kings on the road and, and with with Brandon Ingram and and Herb Jones and C.J. McCollum. Uh, the, this this is gonna be a, a fun uh a, a fun season in the NBA with with all the, with all this young talent being in uh, in. Uh, uh, being ingested into the NBA, it's gonna be, uh, it's it's gonna be fun there. Um, in uh, so so I I do think Milwaukee is going to win tonight. I think the Lakers are going to win tonight, and 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 we're gonna have, um, we're gonna have these these teams duke it out so their young players can get a half a million dollars in in additional salary. So I'm uh, very much looking forward to. To, to, to seeing how that transpires um, during the course of, uh, course of the week. So, in-season in tournament it, it, it is a buzz. And, and, now, and now we turn to week 14 of the NFL. 
Okay, games I'm really looking forward to watching this week, and obviously we start with the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football NBC, game with massive playoff implications and and, and one seed implications in the NFC. And, and look, I, I uh, and look, I, I think that this uh, these two teams are two two of the best in the in the NFC. I think when you look at the latter here. When, when you look at the NFC, I I think San Francisco is clearly number one. The draw line because look at how San Francisco has dominated against the best teams in the league when they're healthy. When they when you look at the domination against Dallas, when you look at a uh, domination against Jacksonville, and of course. Uh, the, the shellacking of the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night. S- San Francisco is clearly number one. That draw line. I think Dallas, the way they've been playing, they're number two. Philadelphia, number three. And I think Detroit Lions at nine and three are number four. So, so I, I think those are the teams uh, that uh, that need to keep, uh, keep an eye out for. Uh, when, 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 it, when it comes to this. So, the Eagles and the Cowboys meeting each other for the second time. And, and, I, and I think there is so, so much to like about the Cowboys. Now, I don't think the Cowboys are um, um, sh- sh- should, should be bothered by the fact that they gave up 35 points to Seattle on Thursday night. Because I, cause I think that was more stressing the positives about Seattle's offense and what they're capable of being when 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 Chino Smith can play at a high level and of course and, and giving the ball to DK Metcalf who so who uh, who uh, who uh, scored a hat trick of touchdowns on 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 Thursday night three touchdown passes uh, receptions for him so but, but this Cowboys team is playing at an exceptionally high level one and 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 Dak Prescott is very much in the, in the discussion for league MVP in a wide open conversation this year with which includes Brock Purdy who by the way is number 1 in the MVP voting uh, and the, uh and in the in the MVP odds according to uh, according to Vegas and and, and look, looking at, at some of the odds for league MVP right now in in the in the NFL, um, Brock Purdy uh, is at plus three hundred. Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts each are at plus three fifty. And that then you got uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tagovailoa, um, in the plus six hundred to nine plus nine hundred range. So so you so you have those six quarterbacks. In the discussion for league MVP, and Dak Prescott is very much uh, in there because if you look at what what Dak Prescott um ha- has been doing over or throughout the season, it 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 is simply um incredible because he because he's playing with a lot of confidence. His, I mean, get, getting Brandon Cooks has, has opened up so much. Um. Uh, open up so much for Dak Prescott not having to be one-dimensional at the receiver set, but 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 take a look at this. Um, in 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 Dak Prescott's last six games, um, he has twenty touchdowns and and two interceptions. Um, meanwhile, for Jalen Hurts, in in his last seven games, he has nineteen touchdowns and ten interceptions. So Jalen Hurts has impl- I mean, his passer rating has not been. And has not been the best, not even close compared to what what uh, the numbers Dak Prescott has been putting up. But some but 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 playing behind the league's best offensive line certainly helps for um for for Jalen Hurts and, and his cause there. 
Although they they did get get hammered by by San Francisco on Sunday, so that that that's going to be a, a big time game. But I do think it's going to be a game that the Cowboys. I expect the Cowboys to win. I think they're the better team. I think that the Eagles secondary has uh, uh, is toast. Um, and and I think this is a terrible matchup for Philadelphia's defense. And why? And I think they are my sit of the week in fantasy football going up against against that elite Dallas Cowboys offense. So. Um, very, very much looking looking forward to uh, look, look looking forward to, to that game. Um, in in in, ter- in terms of other games, I'm I'm looking forward to the scene. I I really want to see the matchup between the um be, be, between the Indianapolis Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, in in the one o'clock window on Sunday, the Colts are seven and five. The Bengals are six and six, and and, and I think this Colts team has been flying under the radar this whole uh, this whole time because we because a lot of the discussion has been about about the top teams in in, in the AFC and the NFC, but but the Indianapolis Colts are now are now a game behind Jacksonville in the in the AFC South, and Jacksonville is going to be without Trevor Lawrence for a while. So this so again. The Colts don't have the tiebreaker over Jacksonville because Jacksonville swept them in the head-to-head with Trevor Lawrence. But 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 there but there is a a, a path to the postseason for, uh, for for the Indianapolis Colts, and, and they're going up against the, against the Bengals team with with, with with Jake Browning now. I I think Jake Browning. There's a lot to like about with Jake Browning. I think the locker room uh, has um. Uh, ha- has that believability and 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 has and has that galvanization around Jake Browning and when you're looking at, at his inc- incredible performance against Jacksonville uh, on on Monday night but he, here's the cold schedule the rest of the way they're so they're at Cincinnati they're home against Pittsburgh next Saturday night I think that's a winnable game given the nature of Pittsburgh's offense then they're at Atlanta on Christmas Eve. Um, that could go uh, go either way. They're home against the Raiders. I'm going to uh, check that off as a win. And then they're home against C.J. Stroud of the Texans the last week of the season. And boy, that game could have some big implications at the end. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the Sunday night game uh, that, that weekend. Uh, where the winner makes the playoffs and the loser goes home. So, everything's on the table for Shane Steichen and the Colts. And Shane Steichen... Um, it is is in that in the conversation for coach of the year alongside D'Amico Ryan's, and and, and this is gonna be a, a gonna be a fun game because I think the Bengals have advantages when it when it comes to when it comes to their de- to their defensive line, their linebackers. So so I, so I think this is a, a favorable matchup here for Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. So I I think I'm looking uh, looking forward to that game, and and then I also want to see what transpires between. The Rams and the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday because the the Rams ha- are, 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 are 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 starting to play some really inspiring football. So that they have two blowout wins where where they've uh, they've averaged thirty six and a half points per game in their last two weeks against Arizona and Cleveland. Now it's going to be put to the test on Sunday when when they're on the road in Baltimore taking on the Ravens and Sean McVay has done done a really good job. Uh, with 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 this Rams team this year, and and, and I ver- very much believe that that, that this is a, uh, this Rams team uh, can, can compete. I think this Rams team can make the playoffs in, in the NFC. 
It's, uh, and, and when you look at at the landscape of, of the NFC, when you look at, and, and I think a lot of the discussion has been about San Fran, Dallas, Philly, if Detroit can win enough games to be the one seed. But I, I think the NFC ha has some juice when, when it comes to the wild card. Because you got the Rams, Seahawks, Vikings, Packers um, at 6-6. Six and six. And then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints with a record of 5-7. and seven, Just one game behind them and they're one game behind the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South. So, so, so I think that's going to be uh, something to monitor because I think uh, the, the, pack, uh, the Vikings have lost a couple of games, but they will be getting Justin Jefferson back for their game against the Raiders on Sunday. The Packers, Jordan Love, they've been playing at a really high level. Uh, that that Jordan Love beat Patrick Mahomes, uh, which, which which is incredible. I think the Packers' defense has has come alive as well. Seattle looked really good against Dallas on Thursday night. The Rams have looked really good the last couple of weeks. And, and, the, and then and then you got the, the Bucks and Saints right behind them. So I, I think you, there, there is a lot of intrigue uh, coming out of, coming out of the NFC and, and it's, and it's going to be a sprint to the finish. There's going to be a lot of uh, impact football. Over these last five weeks of the regular season, and, and and by the way, the regular season ends just one month from today, so January seventh. So it, it is going to be. Uh, I'm really, really want to see how this transpires here. When you look at the Rams, the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Packers, and 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 one of those teams, especially if they if they are the six seed, they they can compete with with Detroit if and they can make a run of their money if. if if it's Philadelphia who wins the the division, if Philadelphia beats Dallas and wins the division, um, uh, um, if Philadelphia wins on Sunday night, then of course they'll win the division with their schedule. So that that those teams can absolutely compete with with those teams um, in in the uh, uh, two or three spots in the NFC. So it's going to be a, fu a fun ride to the finish here when you look at it from from the NFC here. So, so, so this, so this is a, a, a an expanded podcast with with the other uh, with, with the other stuff I I've included. So I I'm going to read off my my, my picks against the spread from uh of, of, from from the usual uh, like um so j just rattling them off. So, uh, but before I I tell you that last week my uh, I went. Um, I went eight and uh, well, I think I went eight and I went eight and five straight up. I went eight and five against the spread too. So my my record for the, my record for the season one twenty one and seventy two straight up. I am now one hundred and eighty seven and six against the spread. So we got fifteen games on the schedule for you uh, for you this weekend, and, and I'm going to give you uh, give you my uh, my my picks right now. So we're going to start with a Thursday night game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. Uh, Patriots uh, Steelers are, are are picked by six points, and I, I I've taken the the Steelers to win and cover there. So I have the Steelers winning thirteen to three over the over the New England Patriots. The uh, the, the we're, we're going to look at the temp the, the Buccaneers and the Falcons. The Falcons are. Um, are 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 picked by three here. If I'm looking looking at this correctly, 
on on my phone. Yes, yeah, so the the Falcons are fa now they're favored by one and a half points now. So I'm taking the Falcons to win and cover there. When I have the Falcons winning 17 to 10 over Tampa. The, the Ravens, seven and a half point favorites against the Rams. I think it's going to be an entertaining game, but I'm going to take the Ravens to win. I'm taking the Rams with the points, 38-33. Baltimore is my pick here. I, I thought that was I thought that was uh, the the toughest game to pick against the spread coming off uh, with with um with with the with the spreads here, that the Lions and the Bears are meeting up with the Lions favored by three. I'm going to take the Lions to win 29 and 23 and cover the spread. The 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 Bengals and the Colts the the Colts are favored by one and a half points, but I think Cincinnati is going to win because I think they have the better receivers and the better defense. So I'm going to take the Bengals to win 27 to 20 over the Colts. I'm taking the uh, the Cleveland Browns um, to beat the Jaguars 23 to 16. I think so, uh, the Browns defense can see Jay uh, uh, beat hard is a not a not a fair fight. I'm taking the Saints to beat the Buccaneers 30 to 27. So I'm t so, so the Saints are five and a half point favorites. So I'm going to grab the points with the. Carolina Panthers. The Houston Texans are three and a half point favorites against the Jets. They were at five and a half uh, earlier in the week, but I, I, I'm going to take the Texans to win an ugly one, 17 to 6 over the Jets. I, I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Raiders 27 to 21. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm, and the Vikings are three and three point favorites. So I'm laying the points there. Seattle and San Francisco. The 49ers are still favored by ten and a half points, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I, I think Seattle's gonna make this competitive. I, because I, 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 I think I have a, a, a division underdog. I think it's, I think it's a, a little tricky here, so I think C C Seattle's gonna play well here. Uh, but I'm gonna take the Seahawks uh, with the points, but the 49ers to win 34 to 24. Bills Chiefs in Arrowhead. The Chiefs are, are now favored by one and a half points, but I'm I think the Buffalo Bills coming off their bye week, and I think the Chiefs have some issues when when it, when it comes to their when it comes to their offense. So I so I think the Bills are gonna are gonna squeak out a win. 28 to 27 is my pick here. The, the Broncos and the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by two and a half points. I I can't stress enough how much I love the Denver Broncos in this game. I'm I'm gonna be picking the team with the better coach and the better defense in this game. I think this is gonna. I, I, the Chargers did not look good at all, even in even in a win against New England uh, on on Sunday night uh, on Sunday afternoon in Foxborough. So 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 that that's that. Cowboys are three and a half point favorites over the Eagles. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win and cover. I think the Cowboys will win by a touchdown over Philadelphia, 34 to 27. The, the 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 Miami Dolphins are 13 and a half point favorites against Tennessee. I got the Dolphins winning and covering, but winning by a score of 38 to 21. And the Packers six and a half point favorites against the Giants. I think the Packers have have major talent advantages over the Giants when you look at. The offensive line. When you look at when you look at the when you're looking at 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 the defense. When you're looking at the secondary. So I'm I, I'm going to take the Packers to win uh to win and cover in in that game. Uh, even though the Giants are coming off a bye week. So that's going to do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. I'll be back here to discuss more about the world of sports on the on the podcast next week. So until then, so long everybody, and have a wonderful day.